When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. Grumpy, you're muted, buddy. You've got yourself muted out. All righty. Well, Grump obviously having a little bit of a technical issue. Yeah, you're still muted, my friend. But um, he's having a little bit of a technical issue here. Um, but for those of you, welcome to the show. Uh, we are obviously running late today. Uh, some personal issues popped up that we had to go ahead and take care of. Grumpy, I can hear you now. No, I can't. So, but uh, some 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 issues occurred here today. That's what caused us to be about an hour late. Um, but uh, we still wanted to make sure we can get on and provide some content instead of just canceling the show without letting you guys know ahead of time. So um, wanted to make sure we were here today. How about now? We can hear you now, Grumpy. Absolutely. But yes, Grumpy, you forgot to say that's me because yeah, that's me. Heck issues, my friend. But no I worries. I did say you just couldn't hear me. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, but again, we run a late. Um, we just still want to make sure we could provide some content for you guys this week. I mean, hockey's back around, man. I tell you, there's a few things that people had sent me that I'm like, I just I can't go another podcast without not talking about these items, Grump. Um, so it'll be a little bit of a shorter podcast than what we usually do. Don't expect anything three hours long or anything crazy like that, guys. Um, but if you're new to the channel, welcome. This, again, is a twice-a-week Islanders podcast that happens every single Wednesday and every single Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, so if you're new to the channel, we invite you to stick around a while. We invite you to subscribe on YouTube, to like on Facebook, and to follow on Twitter. And also, if you like and enjoy the content, the best way to let us know is by leaving a thumbs up. Um, so, yes, Grumpy. Uh, I know we had... There's been quite a bit of coverage, Grump, about the line combinations early on in camp. Um, it does look like, do you remember when Phil's facts came on and talked about how Matt Barzal liked playing with, with Zach Parise? Do you remember that? He did say that, yes. Well, we have seen a lot early on in practice where Matt Barzal and Zach Parise are paired up. Um, wondering... <laughs> wondering if there's some credence behind that and it looks like there could be it's only it's only early in practice but um i just kind of want to get your your thought process if let's say map Barzal, we head into the season with 38 year old left wing zach parise on the first line with map Barzal. what does don't that expect, say about the don't expect great things from the Islanders this year i mean that's all i have to say yeah, and Stephen Rosner also reporting about it there. There's a lot of speculation that Matt Barzal 
likes playing with Zach Parise and wants to play with Zach Parise. I, I you know, if that's the case, then, you know, I guess you kind of, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he feels like he's the only left winger, one of the few left wingers that kind of gel well with his playing style. But if Parise is playing on the first line, that undoubtedly means that, you know, you probably have Anders Lee on the second and you've got Anthony Bavillier on the third line, third line left winger. Yeah. On a good team, on a good team, he is a third line left winger. But on this team, he's a first liner. I was about to say on this team, he's a top six guy just because our our our, our wingers are miserable. I just I, I'm just baffled. I'm baffled. I mean, here's the thing. Let's see what happens. Let's see how they look. I mean, it's just, you know, just the first week, first couple of days in practice lines. I wouldn't bring too much into it. I mean, that useless bastard Simon Holmstrom is also on that line. So I'm not reading too much into that. Simon Holmstrom will not be up with the big club. He will not. He'd have to blow doors to make the big team. You know what? And here's the thing. I hope that would happen. I hope that there's so much, so much production and success out of every single player on the team to where we, you know, we don't know, hey, how can we go ahead and determine our lineup? I just don't think that's the case, right? As a coach or even as a fan, you like that. If the decision's really tough because somebody plays extremely well at a camp and in practice where they say this guy has to have a spot on a regular lineup. Okay, if Simon Holmstrom is good enough to be I mean if he is so impressive that he's a first line uh right wing for this team, that's good news if he's if he's actually that good. Like I said, I was just unimpressed when I saw him just a few months ago. Mm. That's all. Maybe I hope, maybe I hope he, he's good. I hope he's good. And maybe he went ahead and really hit the offseason hard. Um, but but Kevin Kurtz also came out there saying Lane Lambert doesn't give away much in his media scrums, uh, at least two days into his tenure. But he does seem genuinely pleased with Simon Holmstrom's progress. Um, What's he going to say? Simon Holmstrom with- sucks? Is he going to say Simon Holmstrom sucks? <laughs> no, he's not going to say that. Oh, man. I, I would say probably not, Grumpy, right? You're never going to say. It's the same reason why when Barry Trotz was head coach, right? We, we said, oh, I loved what I saw out of Kiefer Belt. I loved what I saw out of XYZ. Oh, I loved what I saw out of Go. They love what they see out of every single player that has no legitimate chance to make the team. Yeah, I just, we'll see. Maybe, maybe he genuinely does like what he's seen out of Simon Holmstrom. But man, oh, man, would that not be a scary thought? Well, like I said, it I wouldn't read too much into it. He would have to be so good. I mean, it would have to be like having uh the kid from Minnesota just come in and just just be phenomenal as soon as he starts. Uh um what's his name? Kaprizov. Oh, Kaprizov. Yeah. That's what it would have to be. And if that's the case, hey, great. I just don't think that he's that. I I like I said, it's just no reason. Simon Holmstrom is not Kirill Kaprizov. No Simon reason Holmstrom. to hit the panic button yet. What What do you mean by hitting the panic button? Why would you be hitting the panic button? I bet Phil is pleasuring himself to these line combinations. I'm sure a lot of a lot of players are. And here's the thing, right? You know, Simon Holmstrom is a younger forward, but yikes! I, I'm more worried about. I, I don't think Simon Holmstrom has any chance in hell to be first line right winger. But I'm more worried about Zach Parise being cemented in with Matt Barzal. It just it, seriously, if that does not show you the lack 
of winger depth that we have and the lack of elite wingers that we have. We're rolling out there. Uh, I was past my prime five years ago, left wing Zach Parise to be pairing up with our best forward. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe he, maybe he wants to play with Zach Parise. Maybe he does. Maybe that's Mrs. Matt Barzal saying, I want to play. I want to be given a shot with, with Zach Parise. That being said, do you not think he looks around the, like, just look around the league, look what other star players and look what other first line centers are working with. They're not saying, hey, I'm working with 38-year-old retread Zach Parise as my left wing. I I don't know. It's just, it's a very, it's a very, it's, it's one of those that kind of gives you a thought to say, oof, we're in trouble. The season hasn't even started yet, but I see that and I say, yikes. I just, I, like I said, he had 35 points last year. His career has been, it's, he's not going to reinvent himself and become the Zach Parise of 2000. 16. It's just not going to happen. I mean, it is worrisome to me that, I mean, he had a little bit of success at the end of the year, but at the end of the day, he had 35 points and Barzell had 59. So it's not like they were lighting the world on fire. It's not like, oh boy, look at them. They scored 20 points in 10 games when they played together. That was not the case. I mean, I think it's going to be a slog offensively again this year. Let's see how the defense, let's see if the transition game is better with Romanov back there with Dobson. To me, that's the key. It really is. But another scary item is they seem to like Simon Holmstrom. <laughs> that's a whole different topic. You know what I mean? That's not, I, I a guess... gushing, that's not a gushing review. He loved Simon Holmstrom. He probably said, I didn't hear what he said, but I'm going to bet it was something like, we like what we've seen from him from camp so far. That's probably what he said. I like what we've seen from him from Cam so far. He he's showing us something. That's probably about his that's probably what he said. You know what he probably showed him? That he can't play in the NHL. That's probably what he really showed him. Mm. <sighs> see what I, I did? So I did see what you did, but I, I do I think here's the thing. All joking aside, I think they genuinely like his play. It's scary because I don't see much in a guy either. <laughs> that that that's that's where my that's where my thought is going to be. I genuinely think that they like what they've seen out of him. And here you go, we're ushering in Josh Bailey 2.0 for the next ten fucking years. That was the first thing I thought. That's that was, hey, seriously. That's that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, the first thing I thought was, oh my god. We finally got Josh Bailey off every year. He's on the first line at some point in time. Finally got rid of him out of there. And now Simon Holmes from AKA Josh Bailey 2.0 is going to be that same rotating every once in a while. He'll be on the first line because I don't know. Mm. He doesn't do anything poorly. Doesn't do anything well, but doesn't do anything poorly. A lot of people also grumpy are talking about Matt Barzal. Matt Barzal came out and spoke a little bit about contract negotiations that he's been having with Lou Lamarillo. That I think um, <laughs> that I'll let you listen to. It's 24 seconds long, and he talks about the relationship with Lou Lamarillo, about talking about contract extensions, et cetera. Well, I think the great thing about here is just having Lou uh, is there's always respect. It's never uh, it's never bashing, and um, there's never you're, you're worth this or that. It's always fair. It's always honest. And uh, when you have that mutual respect, I think uh, you're always you always want to go, uh, you know, run through a wall for a guy like that. So that's kind of where my head's at. Well, I think the great what do you thing think about, about that, Grumpy? 
and everybody talks about and they and they like they they pick that little thing at the end where they say I would want to run through a wall from them, and I never feel everybody out there on social media. Matt Barzal likes Lou Lamarillo. He wants to run through a wall for him. What do you think of that? Do you think Matt Barzal wants to get paid? Now I'm going to tell you what Lou Lamarillo is not happy that he's going out there saying that he hopes something is going to get negotiated before the start of the season. He's not happy about that. He probably said, Matthew, uh, we don't want to talk about contract situations. I sound like a Russian. I was saying like a Russian Lou Lamarillo. Yeah, well, I, like he was talking. Your lane, Grub. That's right. Um, you know, we don't want to we don't want to talk about that in the paper, in uh, you know, in to the, the press. press. We absolutely don't want to let them know what we're doing. Because as you know, I drove the price up on every single free agent that was out there this year. And we had no intention of signing anyone because we were happy with Zach Parisi and Simon Holmstrom on the first line. I mean, I almost wonder if, you know, Matt Barzell says he likes playing with Zach Parise. Is it because he really likes playing with Zach Parise? Is because he's got a shallow talent pool to work from and he doesn't know any better? That's what I want to know. I if feel- you like a guy, a guy who's, or here's the thing, a lady who's dating some really hideous-looking guy because where's the money <laughs> or something <laughs> like that? You know what I mean? Like that's I like you don't you don't see it, like a, a very attractive lady who's dating a guy who's just an absolute. I mean, like that either has to be one to think he's either extremely funny, he's got a great person. Like what's what do you see in a guy? Well, like she's been on a deserted island, and the first guy who washes up on shore is a sixty-year-old. A sea, uh, old seafaring fisherman, and he's but she doesn't have any other options. And finally, you know, somebody like me floats up, and all of a sudden, she tosses that other guy aside and mm. you know, goes after a better model. I'm just saying, is that what it is? Is it because there's nothing else for him to play with? That's what I want to know. Oh man, I probably man. would love to play with Kaprizov or any of the other Russian guys, oh, Alexander Ovechkin, perhaps. Is that what it is, Grump? Yeah. Oh, shit. But um, yeah, this this one, this entire thing gives me it gives me an odd feeling, and I'm in a precarious state because I hear what they say, right? And I, I'm able to receive what they say. I understand the words that are coming out of their mouth. It does not pass the gut test, though. A guy on intuition, and and here's the thing: if it doesn't pass the gut test, usually it's not right. Right, so that's that's where I'm just kind of confused. Maybe Zach Parise is the best winger of a bad situation that he's got available, and that's why he wants to play with them. Perhaps, maybe he really does love Lou Lamarillo. It just it's just very odd that this is coming. And here's here's another thing I've been thinking about: is this his the answers that he's towing quote unquote the company line because Lou wants him to. Here's the thing. This is this is something I could see legitimately have happened. They want him to take the next step. They want him to be a leader on the team. They want to put a C on his jersey. You got to say the right things. You got to act the right way. You got to do this. You got to do that. I could see not necessarily tied to the pre-say bit, but him talk about, oh, I love Lou Lamarillo. I love this. You know, I want to be part of the team. I, I see him, number one, It's it sounds like he's maturing a bit as well, and I could really see that being the fact that He's growing up, number one. And maybe number two, they told him, hey, we want more out of you. We want you to be a captain. We want you to be a member. We want you to be an important member of this team. We want you to take on a leadership role or a bigger leadership role. Well, that has something to do with it. He, he sounds more mature this he year. He does. He does. I mean, 
I've told you before, sometimes guys get better when they're given a little bit of responsibility. And maybe he's one of those guys. As you know, we've told the Joe Namath story a hundred times on the show. Hello, once more, really no, quick. I'm not, I'm not saying it again. It's like the Rolling Stones. People come there for the hits, Grumpy. I think that's a hit. That's not a hit. Okay. Long, long story short, Weeb Eubank, who was the head coach of the New York Jets, wanted to get the most out of Joe Namath. So we figured, you know, instead of him going out drinking every night, if you give him a make him the captain, put him in a leadership role that he thought he Weeb Eubank felt that would make him a better player for the team. And it's exactly what happened. Yep. And the players, when they said you've got to vote, you've got to make you got to make Joe captain, the players were like, What the hell are you talking about? Because it didn't make sense. Right, he wasn't necessarily cast material, but Joe had come out and said, well after the fact that them doing that forced me to elevate my game and take things much more serious. He said it was the thing he was most proud of his entire career was being named captain, yep. and that. But that tells you about the person, right? Maybe Matt Barzal is one of those guys as well. I mean, but it's certainly some athletes are, some aren't. So this is a response. People were just, no, this is just a random individual saying, really impressed with Matt Barzal's maturity. He seems to get it, how talented he is, how he's fallen short, the relationship with the fans, et cetera. If he could put it all together, he could really be a superstar. Kevin Kersey Reed said, it's different than the John Tavares situation. It's evident to me that at least there's sincerity that he wants to be here long time, long how term. Do you know? Maybe he's just a better actor than the other guy. <laughs> John well, Tavares was a robot. So, yes, so it, you know, it is worth saying that as well. I want to be here all the time. I never want to go. I, you know, I want to stay here for my whole career. You know how he was. I can't even be that dull, even trying to be dull. If we I had two for two on the impressions for the grumpy old man, I know man it's terrible. Thing. If I, it's tough playing a dull guy. And you know, if Phil was on the show today, I mean, we would just let him do it. Um, and <laughs> and then me trying to bring uh, the Lamarillo accent. I was trying to do Boston, and I. I brought Russia. I've been watching, uh, I've been binging the Americans, which is a old Hulu show. And I've been watching that and, you know, they speak Russian. So I'm, I'm just got Russia on the brain. What the hell can I tell you? Ah, oh, he's got not, you don't have Georgia on your mind. You got Russia on your mind. Huh? Yeah. It's been a crappy podcast for me so far. I'm just telling you. Oh man. What you, you know, I feel like my performance is not what it should be. I need to up my game. I don't. I'm sick and tired of having Zach Parise over here on my wing. <laughs> oh, holy shit! You're saying I'm Zach Parise, huh? Grumpy, you're Zach Parise at this point, the old age veteran with the young, that the young budding superstar. Myself, Grumpy, ready to take I'm over. I'm sick and tired of working with Simon Holmstrom over here. Oh, okay, that make you feel better. Okay, okay, that does that does make that that puts it in perspective. Now I understand, Grump. Um, want to show you this. Do you remember that old fella, Andrew Ladd? Do you remember him? Old, old, fantastic New York Islander, Andrew yeah. Ladd. Tell me you didn't see this coming, right? Well, Andrew Ladd did not pass his physical. Oh, and he'll have to go on long-term injury. His thrice surgically repaired knee is still an issue. So uh, we'll be giving up a 2023 third round pick. So to get rid of Andrew Ladd, guys, it was, what was it? Two seconds in a third? Mm-hmm. Well, so everybody who claimed, whoa, this is great. We got rid of Andrew Ladd without having you have a first-round pick. They, yeah, we they, just gave up two seconds and a third. They just I mean, like, left, just say it's the equivalent of a first. They just could have left him on long-term injury for three years. That's what they could have done. They never had to take him off a long-term injury. Just say he failed the physical every year. The Coyotes brought him back to get that second second, correct? 
is he had to play a little bit. And then as soon as the season's over to get the extra third, he's back to long-term injury. He doesn't care. He's getting paid his money. What does he care? Yeah, they, they gave up. They had to give up the 2020. They had to give up the, I think there was a conditional 2021 second round pick. I know it was a 2022 uh, second round pick this last year. And now it's going to be a 2023 third round pick. It was That's right. I mean, like, I think one of those was based on playing time. He had to play. So wouldn't you know, he played last year. Now, all of a sudden, he can't. Maybe he's got the Andrew, uh, the Andrews Lee symptom going on where he can't. Now the knee is going to be worse than it was last year. It's, I mean, come on. They ran a scam on us. The old man got scammed again. I just wonder if we still think because he played, I think he played against us. He played for the Arizona Coyotes against us one game or something like he that. He shook his ass at Lou. Ah, I'm out here on the ice. I remember he's like, Yeah, it's nice to have an organization that believes in you. <laughs> you remember that shit. <laughs> I remember we talked about that too. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. He won. Oh, he played fifty-one games last year for them. Yeah. So he played a lot more than we thought. Okay. Yeah. And again, oh man, tells you where they are. But uh, you know, so at the end of the day, what did we give up to get rid of Andrew Lad? Two seconds and a third. People were so excited. Oh, Lou is playing forty chess. He only he didn't even have to give up a first round pick to get rid of Andrew Lad. Yeah, he gave up two seconds and a third. I don't know. I, I wonder if that kind of changes when you look at it in hindsight. You know, he got rid of a bad asset, but did he really get rid of it at such a cheap and or such a discounted rate to where we say, wow, that was a great job getting rid of him? That was, we need to get rid of him. But man, that was such a great moving away of Andrew Ladd that it helped save the franchise XYZ and draft prospect or draft capital. I don't know. We gave up two seconds and a third. To get rid of Andrew Ladd. All they had to do was leave him on long-term injury. That's all they had to do. They get that money back to spend against the salary cap. They chose not to do it. You could have just left them on long-term injury. Absolutely you could have. They chose not to. They chose to give up, you know, two seconds and a third. I don't know. I don't think that's smart uh, asset management. I'd say not. I'd say not. And, and you know, when we're, we're looking here at the, at the items, right? I mean, like, this season, I don't think we've talked, Grumpy, too much about, I guess we have talked a little bit about expectations. But if Zach Parise is going to be on the first line, I want to make sure I have a chance to kind of go back to this. If Parise, right, and if, if from everything we've heard, right, and Kurt's talking about it, if Parise and Matt Barzal work well together, they want to have that line together, you I mean, like, wouldn't that indicate that Anthony Bavillier is third-line left winger? Yes. Unless they move him to right wing. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I always find it funny that the veterans are never, ever, ever, ever asked to play their off wing. Parise did well. play the offhand a bit last no, year. That he did play he, he's malleable. Parise's malleable. He's a really good third liner. I just don't understand the the want to say, yeah, we're gonna go from playing. I mean, shit, he even played, I think, like 15 minutes a night last year. If he's playing on the first line, he's gonna be playing 16, 17 minutes a night. Yeah. He's 38. He's 38. He hustles. He hustles. I mean, he had 35 points, and I thought he was good. That's only 35 points, though. Is that first line material? I don't think so. He played in every situation. Played in the penalty kill. Played on the power play. I mean, I mean, I don't know. And now you're going to have him play a regular shift on the first line, 
So does that mean you're going to cut some of his other ice time? Or is he going to be one of those guys who gets 20 minutes a night because he's liked? I don't know. At some point, you're going to have diminishing returns on a guy who's 38 years old. What I worry too about, right? If you're going to be rolling him out there, let's say things work perfect. That's the best case scenario, right? Zach Parise and Matt Barzal, they had that stint there towards the end of the year. Yeah, points were kind of questionable and production was questionable on that line. But hey, things go perfect. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Our team's goal is to win a Stanley Cup. The team's goal is not to make the playoffs. The team's goal is to win a Stanley Cup. Every team has the same goal, to win the Stanley Cup. 38-year-old Zach, he's 38 now, right, Grumpy? I want to make sure I'm yep, not saying 38. 38-year-old Zach Parisi, how much is he going to have in the tank if we're playing him on first-line minutes every single night, night in, night out, with Matt Barzal? Remember, it's the same thing that Barry Trotz came out there and said, well, maybe it was too hard to play over that 82-game season, that same style with the with the group we had. I mean, like, do you not think there's going to be the same possible issue if we're playing night in, night out, Zach Parise, first-line minutes uh, for an 82-game season? you not think that could cause possibly issues? It could. It could. But you know what? Here's the thing. If I'm talking about best-case scenario. If they show things together, I still think you have to worry about towards the tail end of the year, 38-year-old Zach Parise is not going to have the same legs he did when he was 27, 28 years old in playoff pushes. He's not going to have the same bit at the end of the year, and he's not going to have the same in the ideal playoff scenario. I mean, I'd like to see Bavillier on that line as well. I think because they all can skate well. Yeah. They all can skate. I mean, Bavillier's always had chemistry with Barzal. If they figure Zach Parise does, put them together. Then you have two guys who will play real pretty solid defense. I mean, Parise comes back and plays defense. So does Bavillier. Matt Barzal, not so much, but you know what? That's okay. That's not his role. You know what I think the lines are going to be? First line is going to be Parise on the left wing. Matt Barzal, center, Kyle Palmieri, right wing. I don't want that. this. Here's here's the thing, right? We talked about what we think the line combinations are. I think that's going to be the first line. I'm not a big fan of it. The second line is going to be the old kid line from many, well, minus, minus Ryan Strome, but the old kid line from many years ago of Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, and Josh Bailey. That's going to be your second line. Your third line is going to be Anthony Bavillier, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and Oliver Wallstrom. Yeah, I like I, here's the thing. I don't dislike the third line is constituted. I'll dislike the situations they're put in. I think if Jean-Gabriel Pajot shows a little bit, maybe he can bounce back a tiny bit. He's only 29. Maybe he's not finished. Best case scenario, he's, he's not finished early. Oh, I thought he was 29 still right now. He turns he'll 30. 30. He'll be 30 the first month of the season. He's 30. Okay, gotcha. Hopefully, maybe he's got a little bit left in the legs. He's not what we saw last year. Hopefully, he's a little bit what we saw two years ago. Anthony Bavillier is a guy who creates. That's what ideally a guy like Oliver Wallstrom needs on his side. It's not like it. the line combinations are woeful. I mean, like, Jesus Christ, the forward combinations are bad, man. They're the bad. forwards aren't very good. I, I put Bavillier on the first line. This way, the whole first line can really skate. You think that's what I would. You think they're going to put Bavillier on his off wing? I, here's the thing. I fully, I am in firm commitment, right? Phil had talked about it on pretty on pretty knowledgeable information from somebody that they know well into the organization that knows Matty B. He wanted to play with Zach Parise. As soon as camp starts up, he's paired up with Zach Parise. And they're talking about that in and out on a pretty consistent basis. The writers are. That would indicate to me that Zach Parise and, and Matt Barzal. I mean... 
that's okay to start the season like that. But how long do you give it before you pull the plug on that if nothing happens? Couldn't tell you. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's about getting Matt Barzal going. That's what the whole thing's about. He can't be 59-point Matt Barzal again. He can't, cannot be it. Not if we want to be successful. That's right. He can't He can't score 60. He can't be a 60-point-a-year player. I no. agree. I mean, and all these same guys who've been in this organization for years and years and years, they're in the bottom third of scoring every single year in the 20s, 22, 21, 23, 24. I mean, it's just not good enough. You don't change them up. I mean, roll a dice. I, I don't have, honestly, I seriously, all kidding aside, I don't have a problem with Parise on the on the line to start the season, but you can't go 15, 20 games before pulling the plug. Parise is one of those things to where it's good in short spurts to have him up like that. I just seriously worry about his ability to hold up. And the thing I think about too is, Oliver Wallstrom is not a fit at all on that second line. You know what I mean? He's not a fit for Brock Nelson and Andrews Lee. I think that that should – here's the thing. Brock Nelson and Andrews Lee should be penciled in together. They work well. They complement each other's abilities. They should definitely be put in together. They play well. They played well together last year. They played well in the past. Brock Nelson and Andrews Lee should be paired up together. On that right wing, they're not going to put Oliver Wallstrom on that right wing. Simple as that. Right. The second I, line might as well be called the no skate line. Anders Lee's not a great skater. Brock Nelson's not a great skater uh, at this point, and Josh Bailey's not a great skater. Or neither would be even. I mean, like they're not. Go ahead, Grumpy. For me, Palmieri has to be on that line. I I, I put Palmieri on that line. I, I you know, Bavillier has been the guy who's driven that line in the past. Maybe Palmieri can be that guy. I don't know, but for me. I want to see Bavillier, Parise. If, if it's going to be Barzal and Parise, I want Bavillier on that line. Do you remember last year we talked about, and people may say, wow, you know, some some fans may say, why are we going to, why are we trying to find a way to put Oliver Wallstrom in the top six? He played with Matt Barzal, didn't perform for 15, 16 some odd games. Well, do you remember how we always talked about the carrot and the stick analogy? We always talk about some players have to be treated a little differently. Um, again, another tweet here. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom told uh, told me that they he put too much pressure on himself last season. And this year's about going out there and having fun. My only expectation is to win hockey games and a Stanley Cup. Story coming out there on development later on today. So I, I didn't have a chance to read that, but I, I will tell you. You know, I think he was a guy to where when things kind of got you know the 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 uh, the overbearing treatment that Barry Trotz has on young players didn't mesh well with his ability to play. Start off the season fantastic. I'm expecting a bounce back year maybe from a guy like Oliver Wallstrom. I'm expecting that step forward in his gameplay. And, um, you know, it's, it's good when I hear things like that. It, the, all the things we were pontificating about all season last year and all during the offseason seem to be, you know, it, it's passing the sniff test already. Will he be given the opportunity? That's another question. That's what it comes down to. Will he be given the opportunity? He was never given the opportunity under Barry Trotz. What does this mean for Kiefer Bellows? You sign him to a deal, almost like a prove-it deal. Are you even going to play him? He's not a bottom six guy. I'd rather roll the dice with him on the first line than Parise, to be honest with you. I mean, Zach Parise isn't close to the player he was in his prime. He's just not. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. He's 38 years old. He's had diminishing returns the last three years. That should not be a surprise. 
he was cut loose by Minnesota. Why? Because he and I don't think he has a problem playing on the lower lines. At least he didn't last year. You know, is he politicking for it now? He thinks he's a first line player. Well, that's what happened in Minnesota. That's why they cut him loose because he wouldn't accept a lesser role. And that's and if we tick the clock back, that's that's a very important point to point out. We had talked about that last offseason. Is that going to be an issue for Zach Barise? Well, I he played he played a lot of special teams roles for us too. Despite being a third line guy, I mean, he still averaged I think like fifteen minutes a night. So it wasn't like, hey, you're just a third liner. We've got everybody else to fill the job. Just come on and be a third line scorer. It wasn't necessarily that role he had with us. And man, oh man, would it be odd if we elevate his role? He did. Here's the thing: the thing, or I say the thing a lot, but the item I really enjoyed about Zach Parise last year was the effort. He put out there on the ice every single shift. He really did. He fought out there, and he was one of the few guys that did. And it showed. When you go from playing 15 minutes a night to playing 16, 17, you're playing an extra minute, extra two minutes every single night. You're not going to have the ability to put forth the same exact effort and energy level as you were if you're playing 15 minutes a night. It's the same reason why when you see guys get benched, they say, holy shit. I'm playing less minutes. I need to make sure I'm showing I'm valuable here. And guys, if they take a little bit of a lesser role, sometimes they step up and they say, hey, I could still play a bit. You got less minutes and they still have talent. They're just being asked to do less. I'm not sure asking Zach Parise to do more necessarily. We'll, we'll see the same exact level of play, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, it does. You know, I'm just, I mean, I just find it interesting. He goes from getting cut from Minnesota. He did not want to leave. He was unhappy with being relegated to the third line. I think that's worked out pretty good for Minnesota, though, hasn't it? Yeah, I'd say. And he comes here, and he's a first-line player. I Two years two years after he was cut because he couldn't hack it in Minnesota. That tells you all you need to know about the wingers on this team, doesn't it? Really? And the, and the reason, again, we're talking about Zach Parise so heavily on the first line is because, again, we were told that, hey, Matt Barzal wants to play with him. He's being paired up with him as soon as camp starts up, and he's talking about it in the media. They're talking about, yeah, that's that's a line combination. You see all of these reporters talking about it. There's a reason all of them are talking about that, and they're, and they're really zooming in and, and hyper-focusing on that because the information we had received about Zach Parise and Matt Barzal is looking more and more credible. You know, so I, it's it's just yikes. It's when you think about it, man, it just gives me the wrong feeling. But it, that's that's what that's the situation we're in. I mean, for me, okay, like I said, if you want to play him up there to start, fine. You know, but here's the thing. Last year, he was not good. He skated, he hustled, he skated up and down the ice, but he wasn't good. He couldn't finish. I mean, is that gonna come back? I mean, he's never been a guy who's been you know, shoots 20%. I mean, he shoots the puck a lot. That's, I mean, a, a high-volume shooter. I, I just, like I said, I'll be interested. I'm willing to roll the dice. I am. But I don't think you go more than 10 games where if it doesn't work, you got to break it up. I agree with that. I We've talked about it, right? You got to come out of, got to come out of the gates playing well. That simple. You know what I mean? You can't have too much up and down. You know, you, you've got to come out. You've got to put together a few wins early. New head coach. 
I assume the system's not going to change much either, as we talked about before. So we'll be able to see when we start to see those first first few preseason games as well. That's going to cement in that, yeah, we're playing essentially that Barry Trot style, style of hockey. Right. I think something will change. I don't think it'll be as draconian as it was in the past, but I think we are going to play very, very similar. And hopefully, like I, it, there has to be tweaks to the offensive end. There has to be. You cannot do the same thing and, ex- and expect different results. You just can't do it. So I think something will change. And maybe if it's putting a little bit more juice on that first line and just saying, okay, you guys go for it when you're out there, um, you know, maybe that's what it takes. We're going to find out. Hopefully we find out uh, in preseason come Monday. We're going to – is that what you're looking up when the first preseason game was? No. Okay. Yeah, but – yeah. Preseason starts rolling around. I'm excited. That's again, like, you know, we want to make sure we were able to get that out here. We do have an ad today to read from DraftKings and Raycon, the official sponsors of the Honors Never Say Die podcast. Um, the NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you can add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? You can you can make things even sweeter if you throw down up on the steeped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Um, once per game day, I'm sorry, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and get $200 in free bets if your team wins and, and, and when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook and it's an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for additional details. The show notes in description for additional details. And also today, Spontas is brought to you by Raycon. Again, lately, Raycon. Grumpy Old Man, we've talked about it. We've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Grumpy Old Man listens to his little, he listens to the radio. He listens to his music, pop culture items. Uh, and it's been great. He's been listening to it on his Raycon headphones. Um, one reason it's been great, yep, because of those Raycon wireless earbuds. Um, Raycon's everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips and a perfect in and a perfect in-ear fit these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge trust me on that so when you're at the gym as i mentioned and yet you happen to hit your ear it's not gonna the earphone's not gonna pull you know pop out as you're doing an exercise or anything like that and have to stop your rhythm you don't have to worry about that which is a big plus for me Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right where you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder that Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Again, the fact that they've got the customizable sound profiles, you've got the, the earbud tap functionality is always nice. The noise isolation and the awareness mode make the earbuds fantastic to use. Um, and I will say this, make sure you go to buyraycon.com today and use the promo code THPN and get 15% off your Raycon order. Again, that's promo code THPN15 at buyraycon.com and score 15% off 
buyraycon.com. Again, promo code THPN15, Grumpy. Yeah. Um, just two quick things. You mentioned that the gym, you're banging your head all the time. What are Not you doing? banging my head. Like something, here's the thing. If I'm doing some press or something like that, I'm doing like an exercise where I boop. Sometimes it's easy to pop an earphone out, Grump. Or here's the other thing, too. Sometimes my earphones aren't jammed all the way in my ear, and like it sometimes it'll fall out. I don't know, Grump. I, I do like the fact that it just it just kind of fits in there. I don't have to worry about it. And you I just, just go that, ahead. You know, you're banging your head. I'm like, what the hell kind of workouts are you doing? Is Ronda Rousey giving you a beating? Oh, Jesus Christ. And then the second one is, you know, how it says, you know, it fits every year. Everyone's ear is kind of different. So that's pretty impressive that it fits everyone's They've ear. They've got different tips. You can, like, pull out the gel tip and then give you a different one to make sure it fits. Grumpy, you should know this. Okay. Now I do. Yeah. Now you do. Now you do. So it does It does fit, which is always nice to see. Um, I'll tell you, I'm excited about camp though you know what i'm excited about these preseason games nhl hockey what is it like 17 18 days away something like that opening night i think less than that right really okay maybe it is i thought on thursday it was 20 but i can't remember when it was what 10th wow yeah, it's close, man. I'm excited. I'm excited about the season starting back up again. I'm excited to see how some of these guys bounce back. Are we going to see the Islanders bounce back and show a little bit of what we saw two years ago, mm -mm. right? Or is last year a harbinger as to what's to come with an older team? That's been the question all offseason long, and it's about to be answered. You know, whether we, whether we come out and and we, we, we return back to the Islanders style and the Islanders success we've had over, you know, two of the last three years, or... If we just show that we're an older team that can't get it done, and that was that's what that's who we are at the moment. No matter what happens, right? It's going to be nice to get some clarity in that regard. It really is. Obviously, we hope that we bounce back and have a fantastic year. I'm just not so sure. I'm not so sold on it just quite yet. Well, you know, it's not like we added a whole lot of new blood to the team this year. One player. But, yeah, one player. But you know what? It's like it's like Dracula. Like let's say it's Dracula. And he really needed to sink his teeth into somebody and, you know, suck that blood out. But Alexander Romanov is all we have. So, you know, he's just kind of getting maybe a little bit of blood that leaked onto the butcher's floor. So he's like, you know, that's the best he can do at this point in time. So, you know, he's just kind of just trying to keep the ship going where they really needed, uh, you know, a transfusion. And we didn't get it this offseason. Oh, we also got Shalowski, Grumpy. Who couldn't remember him? Um, maybe he'll be on the first line come Monday night. He'll be the top pairing defenseman, right, Grumpy? Uh, maybe. Good gracious. Um, yeah, let's go dive into the comments, Grumpy. I'm excited to start watching some Islanders hockey, that's for certain. Skyle said, hey, guys, why so late tonight? Personal issues, sorry. We just want to make sure we're able to get something out there, so we're having a little bit of an abridged podcast. For case he's we thought we were starting at 3, 3 a.m., grumpy. Um, JG said, let me guess. You guys are running on Central Standard Time. No, 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 no. Um, Andrew L. said, grump, you've got me this week. Um, I've taken a serious, I've taken some blows to my roster. Talking about, oh, fantasy. Fantasy sports. Don't hope, don't hope to beat me, uh, Andrew. Don't set your goals out high. You're just doomed for disappointment. Mm. You never know. I got guys who are hurt on my team, too. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mm -mm -mm. Um, you know, just the, seeing the Mets logo, man, 
Jacob DeGrom got shelled today. Oh, really? Yeah. So I guess that streak of less than three earned runs Over. stopped. Well, he set the record. So well, that's how it usually goes. Um, ooh, Frank says he's going to be in New Jersey on Tuesday watching the Bruins and the Flyers. Uh, he's watching the Bruins and the Flyers right now. now. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Um, Makes you want to find it and watch it. JG said, good evening, guys. Hope you're both are doing well. Thanks, JG. I'm doing well. Hope you are, too. Um, and then Eve L says here, um, could the Islanders take advantage of some of these teams that are over the cap? Yes, that's what Eve wanted me to pose the question of tonight. Thank you for reminding the comment that today, Eve, too. You know, but will the Islanders be able to take advantage of some of these teams that are over the cap? No, they're not going to do anything. Could they? Potentially, they have, what, $2 million in cap space. You know, and by later in the year, it's going to be, oh, that's like worth $9 million. You know, here's the thing. We don't spend any of it. It doesn't really matter. I'm just really impressed that you finally got Eve's name correct, where it's not Eve's. Is what no, I've always said it. Eve. I've said Eve for many, many, many I months. I know. I just, I just remember it took you like two months to get his name right. Yes, I've got the name right. I, to answer your question, Eve, I don't think we're going to be able to take advantage of any of these teams that are over the cap. You know, I just if we, we could, have done, down, we could wall, have done that, we could have done that earlier in the off season. Could have done it, chose not to. Our our team's roster is pretty much filled out and solidified. Uh, you know, who's made the team is pretty much again carved out in granite at this point. Do not expect any surprises. No PTOs. What a shock. So, you know, don't don't expect too much. Um, Michael W. says, thoughts on Parise? Uh, I thought Parise and Barzal had chemistry. I, you know what? I don't know what their numbers are. What they Anything were. looked like chemistry compared to playing with Anders Lee on the left wing. Again, Anders Lee and Matt Barzal, we had rolled out there for so many years. That had to be one of the worst freaking combinations for Matt Barzal as a center possible because Anders Lee, he does not play to Anders Lee's strengths and Anders Lee does not play to Matt Barzal's strengths. Anything looks like he has more chemistry. If you roll him out there in the left wing than Anders Lee, again, it just took Barry Trotz years and years and years, I guess to notice that, but uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. See, I thought it was that Anders Lee, his style didn't play to Matt Barzell's strengths and Anders Lee has no strengths. So he does have one extremely large strength grumpy. Yeah, I think you're forgetting he's about. He's able to stand up on his skates. I was trying to set you up for a chin joke. He can take. He could fight with the best of them in the bar, but uh, never mind, Grumpy. That's still fine. He can stand well on his skates. He does well at deflecting pucks in front of the net. Right. But he's just not a fit for Matt Barzal. It's as simple Correct. as that. Um, uh, Frank K says here, Barzal must be drinking at nightclubs too much if he likes Matt. Uh, if he likes Zach Parise on his line. Oh, yeah. I tell you, it's it's a scary thought. Alexander says, hey, TJ Crump, hope you guys are both doing well tonight. God bless you and your families. Thanks again, Alexander. Hope you're doing well. Hope the family's doing well for you, too. And Alexander, you have, oh, let's see. What time is it now? You, you have about 13, 14 hours. Yeah. Before you can be happy for another 15 hours. And then the Buffalo Bills are going to smash the Miami Dolphins tomorrow. And um, then, yeah. Um, undefeated no more oh my god um michael w says do you think the chip and chase game is only utilized on the fourth line under lane lambert i would think if you and i'm going to go again with bovillier and, and parise why not do a chip and chase with them 
dump it in. They they'll go for it. They go for the puck. Let me ask you this. How much more is that going to wear on the legs of Zach Parise for chipping and chasing off? <laughs> it's a not going to work. It's not going to work for how old he is. Yeah. yeah. He, he's 38 years old. He's not going to be playing a chip and chase style, I don't think. How many players, honestly, do we have on this team where you could say, yeah, we can play chip and chase? They're young, Shh. young go getters. The fourth line can't even do it anymore. But it's like, is Andrew Lee going to do that's that? That's a scary thought. Yeah. Think about it. If we needed to play chip and chase because one team is doing a great job controlling the line, they're again they're making you fight for every single inch. Could we legitimately play chip and chase to a six to a high high success rate? I say probably no. Brock Nelson's not chipping and chasing like that. Josh Bailey's not chipping and chasing. Anders Lee's not a guy I feel confident playing chip and chase. <laughs> you wonder how infrequently Josh Bailey chases a puck that goes into the corner. I notice it when he does it. Holy Christ, he's having a great game today. Look at him go for the puck because normally he just doesn't do that. Just kind of hangs out, floats in, gets off the ice. All right, coach, seven, six more games to go to break. Uh, give me a thousand. You know what it's like, Grumpy? Josh Bailey's like that kid in Little League Baseball that's so miserable at that point where if he makes contact with the ball, you're like, oh my Yay! God. Oh, <laughs> look at him. Oh, man. Yeah, it's for the guys who suck. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, you know goodness. who else is like that? It's the first line right wing. Oh, who's first line right wing? Casper Holmstrom. Oh, there it is. Um, can't blame Trots anymore for playing old guys. 100% yeah. agree. You're 100%, 100%. right, D-Cut. I yep. wore this shirt today in memory of Barry Trotz because he's playing the old guy on the first line, Lane Lambert. <laughs> oh, it's so apropos. Um, Alexander said, you never know. Maybe the Islanders might surprise us this season and actually win the Metro and have a deep playoff run. I doubt it, but you never know. That's right. Maybe I do doubt it as well. I'm very dubious of that. I don't think we're winning the Metro. We've never won the Metro. So yeah. Oh, did we win the Metro the first year of trials? No. Okay. No, I couldn't remember if it was that first year we surprised. I remember we were way punching way above our belt. I couldn't remember if we won the Metro though. Okay. Never Way did. above your weight is the saying. You're punching above your weight. It's like a welterweight fighting a heavyweight. You're punching above your weight. Ah, there it is. Uh, Scott L says, Monday night preseason game, number one, against the Rangers. Do you expect more than five regulars to dress, or will Lane Lambert go with rookies and AHL players in the lineup? If it was me, I'm putting as many regulars out there because he's a new coach, and yes, he might have ideas, but – you want to see who's got chemistry with who in game-time situations, not when you're playing scrimmage against other scrubs, which, you know, everybody on the Islanders roster is in the forward group. I mean, you don't want that. But, you, you know, let's see what they are against the Rangers. The Rangers aren't going to play everybody, that's for certain. But yeah. let's let's develop chemistry. I don't care if Simon Holmstrom is truly not in your plans, why would you even play him on the first line? Why would he play on the first line at all? At all? You can't have Oliver, the best chance to succeed, Grumpy. You can't get Oliver Wallstrom on the first line or Kiefer Bellows, but Simon Holmstrom gets first line minutes right out the right out the shoot. No, sorry. Jill said, "Hey, TJ, Grumpy old man. I don't know if you heard. There's a hurricane that might slam into the side of Florida. Should be Category Three at maximum. Well, my house has already been boarded up, so should be good to go. Well, stay good safe luck, there, Drew. Good luck. Stay safe." 
Um, JG says here, um, re I read a story where Wallstrom was quoted saying he has no expectations on himself for this season. WTF. I think it was more just like the no expectations where he doesn't want to put himself where he's he he doesn't want to put up too much pressure on himself. He feels like that is the reason why he struggled last year. He played well at the start. And then just like I had said and Grumpy had said all season long, it was one of those things that just like as a baseball player where you're like, okay, I haven't gotten a hit in five games. Okay, you start tightening, you start squeezing the bat a little bit. And that's what happened with Oliver Wallstrom. I think he's just trying to avoid having to worry about squeezing the bat. I wouldn't read too much into it, JG. Um, I don't think he's saying, hey, I'm just kind of happy being here. That's not what I got from the kid. Um, yeah, same, here. same here. Joseph C. said, surprising Islanders aren't more in on Patrick Kane. I know he's not great defensively, but he's a point-of-game guy. Yeah, they just, I, oh. But he's over a point-of-game guy. Yeah, but think about how old he is. And he's a guy who honestly is going to be able to age well. with his He's not going to get moved until the deadline. Right. And what would you have to give up to get him? It's a not like it's plus. not like let's say if you gave up a first and a second for JG Pajot, what would you give up if you're Lou Lamarillo? A first, first, a second, a first, a second, Atu Ratu, and William DeFore. That's you gave up a first and a second and an optional and a conditional third to get a third line center. For a guy like Patrick Kane, you'd have to if it's Lou Lamarillo, three firsts. Three seconds. Patrick Kane is, you know, he's an MVP caliber player. I'm just saying, you paid a first and a fourth to get a finished uh, Travis Zajac and the F-minus Kyle Palmieri, a first and a fourth, and gave up two other prospects. Think about that. Would you say that would be the best player we've, if we brought in Patrick Kane, that would be the best player we ever acquired via trade in team history? Most talented player, let me rephrase that. Mm, yes. I'd think so, right? Um, Patrick Kane is a Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah. Even at I this mean, age, he still has shows flashes. He still is fantastic, even at his age. He's better than Turgeon, probably. Tur People forget how good Pierre Turgeon was. Well, that's that's what I was asking, because I know Turgeon. I was just like, in I was about to say, you know, Patrick Kane's extremely special, so was Turgeon, but that's what I was asking you, though, Grum. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Pierre Turgeon, and he was really, really good for us. Uh, but I would say that, um, you know, Patrick Kane, prop, I mean, they're, they're both really up there. But I would say Kane's probably better than Turgeon. But he's a winger. Turgeon was a center. So Michael W. said, if Barzal had to choose who he would, uh, or if he had the choice who he, would, who he would choose to play with on his line, it's Bavillier and who else? I guess Parise. Loves himself some Parise, supposedly. Yep. Um. Ariel C says here, what's up, Ariel? How are you? She says, Barzal is staying and seems like he wants to. You know what? The other guy said that too. He said that all the time. I, here's it. You, if you don't get a contract extension done long-term, either prior to this season or at the end of next season, you have to move on from him. You cannot let another John Tavares uh, situation occur. You cannot. Absolutely. And like I said, sounds like he wants to. Well, get his name on a contract. Get it done, Lamarillo. That's your job. Mm. Drew said, Grumpy, it wasn't the fact that Parise only had 35 points. It took him 30 games to even get a first point this in the season. 
He's basically Uncle Leo at this point. Hold on. It took him 30 games to register a point? No, I think it was a goal. I think it was a long time. Was to register a goal. goal. Okay. I, I, I can believe that. Yeah. Um, Ariel C also says, Barzal and Parise are getting a lot of time together, which is worrisome, but they do have good chemistry last season. Um, and maybe that's what Barzal wants. That's what we heard. That's what Barzal wants. Wants to play with Zach Parise. Scary thought. It is yeah. a, just like you said, it's a scary thought. Matt Barzal with Zach Parise True. on playing top six minutes night in, night out for the entirety of the season is how they want it to be. He played 15 minutes uh, last year, 15 minutes, 17 seconds. That's what I said. He played about 15 minutes. And right. if playing on the first line, he's going to be playing like 16 to 17 a night at least. And like I said, he's always been, for me, through his career, he's a volume shooter. That's why he scores a lot of goals because he's always shooting the puck. I'm looking at his career stats. It's like 10%, 12, 12, 12, 11, um, 10, nine, 10, 12, 12, 10, 9, 12, 12, 16 is last year in Minnesota, 7 uh, his last year, and then uh, 10 for us. So that's, I mean, that's what his shooting percentage is. So we're not expecting, you know, I don't know how many goals you're expecting out of Zach Parise, but he's going to have to shoot the puck an awful lot. Considering he's, you know, career average, I mean, at ten. He's a guy around like 11 percent is what it sounds like. Like eleven percent, his whole career eleven point seven percent. I mean, so you know, it's not like he's going to be like Brock Nelson shooting twenty two percent. Well, Brock yeah. Nelson's not even going to shoot twenty two percent, but Phil right. still says he believes twenty five goals for Zach Parise if he's paired up with Matt Barzal. How many shots is he going to have to take? One hundred and fifty, Grumpy. The math is there. The science is there. About 200 and what is it? 240, maybe 230 and change. Let's say 250. Okay, let's say 250. So how many shots is that a game? That's what? Oh, it's about three shots a game. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's just, I, I do not like the thought of that. I, from what I understand, though, just to just to clarify, as we said earlier, it's what Matt Barzal apparently wants. Man, maybe this is why they don't let the players make the fucking personnel decisions. <laughs> so, you know, you want to keep your players happy, right? It's their fine line. You want to keep players happy. I just, I, man, man, oh, man. Okay. Maybe we're going to see Zach Parise come out and be a point-of-game guy, Grumpy, and maybe he's going to light up the scoreboards with 35 goals this year and 30, or I'm sorry, 40 assists. Or you need more than that to be a point-of-game guy, but maybe he's going to kill it this year, Grumpy, Zach Parise with Matt Barzal. Okay, do you know how many years Zach Parise has been a point-of-game player? Once. Twice. Okay, Twice. Twice. When he was 24 and 25 years ago, that's like ancient freaking history. So I would not expect him. 24 years ago? No, no, no. 24, 24 years old and 25 years old. Thank you for clarifying. I mean, that's ancient history. Yes. He's never going to be a guy who puts up point a game. No. Not Man. on this team. Not on this team. No. Um, uh, Ariel C also says, I do think that Lane Lambert is going to be good for us. And Romanoff is going to be a stud for us. We're winning the cup, she says. Oh, well, man, man. we'll see. Oh, oh I love, I love it though. I love it. I, you know, I think he is a little bit of a, a new, a new voice in the room. How new is the question? How do we get off? 
you know, what type of line combinations are we going to see? It's a, it's a brand new entity. There are going to be some things that Lane does way better than Barry could have ever dreamed of. There are going to be some things where Lane is just completely deficient compared to Barry. I think it was Kurtz who mentioned that um, Lane Lambert is very vocal in practice where Barry was just, I don't know, sleeping along the boards, whatever the hell he was doing. I think bit. that's good for this group. Somebody's going to get on him a little bit. If he's unhappy with you, he tells you. If he's happy, he tells you. I think players need that. Just sitting there, yeah, okay. All right, let's do this, fellas. Let's do that. You can do that with a supremely talented team, perhaps. Scotty Bowman was that way. But, I mean, for this team, I think the country club atmosphere, they just need to stop that. And if it says, you know, Lane Lambert screaming at these guys in practice, get it done. Mm. D-Cut says, uh, it's a new T-shirt idea, TJ. Josh Bailey 2.0 with Casper Casper Holmstrom's ugly muck on the front. Do we think that he'll be playing a banjo sitting on top of a porch in Appalachia? Bada bing, bing, bing. Bada bing, bing, bing. Maybe that could be the image we use. Cats for or Josh Bailey 2.0. It would be that little picture of Banjo Boy. That's right. Um, Banjo Boy. That could be his nickname. That's his name in the movies. Is when they look at the credits, it's Banjo Boy. It's Banjo Boy. Uh Stephen S says, I'm telling you, Graham Mertz needs to go. I know Ohio State is one of the best college football programs in the country. But we can't be seriously losing this bad before halftime. Just seriously. Oh man, Jim P. Jim P. What's up? Long time no see, Jim P. How are you? Um, Where's goalie gear? Won't be. I'll let you read that one here. I called him when we first got Parise. I said he's he's be playing on Barzell's wing full time by the end of the year. And he's puking. Can I just say one thing? I just want to talk about, you know, we're talking about Michigan State or Wisconsin getting rolled by Ohio State. Um, I hate being right all the time. Um, but there was a game today, Tennessee against Florida. Real quick. Florida was down by 17 points with six minutes to go. They score a touchdown, and inexplicably, they go for a two-point conversion. I'm like, dude. You're three scores down. Even if you get a two-point conversion, what are you going to do the next time? You still need to score three times. So they don't get it. Then they get the ball back. They score again. Now they're chasing that two-point conversion. Miss that. They catch. They get the onside kick where, and they were like at the 40 or 35-yard line. And the announcer, of course, they didn't have the balls to say it when it actually happened. When I'm screaming at the TV, why the hell are you going for two points down uh, for a two point conversion when you're down by 11 points? It's just dumb. Well, yeah, they're down by they're down by 17. Is what you mean? Right. Two you touchdowns, two extra points, and a three on a field goal. You, you tie said, that. Game. You said 11. That's correct. You just said 11. Well, it was, they're down by 17. Yes, they well, should have. It was said 11. It was 11 after they scored the touchdown. Why would you go for two? Why would you go down by nine points? You still got to score twice. It's just dumb. It's stupid. And it, once again, it goes by my saying that, you know what? Football coaches, kind of dumb. Because they played football, banging their heads against one another. 
not really sharp upstairs. That's why they need the Raycon earbuds, Grumpy. They're doing a lot of banging of heads, Grumpy. That's what we do, okay? Get over it, huh? And the Florida coach lost his mind against the referees today, screaming out and getting in the face. It's wham, throw that flag. He beat his own team today. What a dope. Yeah, they would have had a chance there if they weren't, you know, they're chasing the ex- they're chasing the extra point that they said we were going to forego by going for a two points. So hey, you know, what? if you're in field goal range at the end of the game, it's not touchdown or bust. It's hey, all we need is a field goal to tie this up. It was so dumb. Tennessee's I- lost. A, they've won a lot of close games. They've yeah. played a lot of tough teams. Tennessee, man, I tell you, they're playing well. Um, yeah, let's not talk football because you're going to get me get on my you're going to get me on football football there, Grumpy. Um, Michael W. said, hoping that uh, or that Sebastian and I worked on the defensive skills in the offseason. He's by far the best skater for that sixth spot. He is what he is defensively at this point in his career. I was about to say, what is he, like 25, 26 years old? I don't expect any huge jumps in his play. He's small. He's a smaller guy, too. If he was a bigger guy, maybe I could say, hey, he's going to be more physical. He can go ahead and integrate that in his game. He's a smaller, more finesse defenseman. That it's going to be really tough for him to be really defensively sound at that. Agreed. Um, let's see here. I mean, uh, do you expect anything from Chalowski? I mean, if that's the guy you're rolling the dice with, I mean, he sucked in Detroit. Um, Couldn't make it with an expansion team and look like a fish out of water in in Washington. J.K. says regarding Barzal, saying never bashing. Maybe this is an illusion to Barry Trotz. Oh, well, you heard it here first Um, years ago. He can throw Lou through a wall instead. Oh, no. Um, Brian Keefe or Brian K says, love you guys. Go Islanders. Thanks, Brian. Love you, too. Um, And uh, it seems like the season ended not too long ago, but it's been months. And it's like it just kind of crept up on us that here we are going again. Frank K said, "Are you trying to sound? Are you trying to say that Lou sounds like Drago?" Yeah, it was my terrible, my terrible Lou accent. Uh, if he dies, he dies. Uh, Brian B says, "I don't think it's going to be a big change with Trotz gone." I think I so agree, too. but hopefully, the guys get to have a little bit more fun um, because I don't think the system. I I don't know how much you can change the system. With the talent that we have, that that's my biggest concern. What are you going to do? Are we going to become a running gun team with everybody over thirty years old? Mm. Probably not. Oh man, oh man. Scott L says Dobson has been paired with Romanoff in camp so far, and apparently all the players have been or have have been or I have seen being interview interviewed have said great things about Romanoff. They're not going to say he's a shitty teammate. It's way too early for that. Of course, they're going to. And maybe he is. They say they like his enthusiasm. He's a funny guy. Great. I mean, they could probably use a little bit of that. I know Barry wouldn't have liked that. There'll be no fun here of any kind. Yeah. And they're not going to say anything. Yeah. They're not going to say anything poor about him. I steer, I do think that Romanoff will mix well with, with Dobson. I think he's going to be a really solid defenseman. He, again, makes our top four one of the best top fours in hockey with our goalie tandem, one of the best top fours slash or best defensive pairings and and goalie tandem in all of hockey, which is good. Yes. Um, D-Cut says they're hyping up Casper to make Lou look good. Everybody knows he sucks. That's not see. That's more plausible than anything else. Oh, wow. There it is. Uh, JG said, I'm surprised Lou doesn't hand out scripts for players to memorize when talking to the media. <laughs> 
I know he's pissed off. Matt Barzal's talked about the contract thing. You know he's pissed off at that. Mm. But doesn't uh, Barzal look like he's lost weight? He, okay, looked, I don't he, know. He looked really thin. He looked like damn Tom Brady out there practically. That's looks like good. he lost himself almost like 10 pounds. On his frame, Jesus. His face looked really, really thin. Maybe he had maybe it looked gaunt almost. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Ford says here, uh, happy Saturday evening, guys. Who would be your letters on the team? Um, Captain Matt Barzal, um, assistant. I don't even want Anders Lee in the mix. <laughs> so I'll just say no to him. I'd say, I don't, you know, I don't know who the leader is on defense. But whoever they deem the leader on the defensive end, he should be an assistant. And then certainly not. Does Josh Bailey have an A? I can't even remember. It's not him. That's for certain. Clutterbuck, all right, I guess you could give it to him. He's been on the team forever, and he signed a new two-year extension. The chin, no. I'll maybe make the chin uh, the assistant. I I want him stripped. Stripped. The assistant captain. I have no problem with being the assistant. And I I think Adam Pellick. As the assistant captain on well, the defensive side of the puck, if we, he is the leader on that, well, side. that's what I'm saying. Whoever the whoever they think the leader is on defense, maybe it's Pulak. I don't know, but that's that's what I would do. It reminds me like when they stripped uh, Eddie Westfall of the C back in the day, and Gill- Gillies wound up getting it. Um, there were some players in the room who said, "Yeah, we we want a different a different leader, one of the younger guys," and that's what they did. When you want to take that next step. You got to move away from the old guys. Mm. Steven, we'll take a look at that tomorrow. Or maybe we'll, Grumpy and I will look at it afterwards. We're just running. We're trying to get, because we started way late. We're trying to get everything on on schedule. Um, uh, but we'll look at that tomorrow, Steven, or even tonight, Grumpy and I will. Um, JK says, besides Grumpy, who has seen Simon Holmstrom's play, um, let he who have seen Simon Holmstrom play cast this cast the second take on Josh Bailey 2.0. I like and that. Maybe he just sucked in the two games that I saw him play. Maybe he's just that shitty, but he played in every situation and he was invisible. He's gets bullied off the puck. He, he you know, when a guy's uh, goal hanging, he's able to make the pass. There's no physical engagement from him at all. None. If you're expecting a guy who's going to be a four checker going to corners, Simon Holmstrom is not your guy. He's just not. Yeah. Um, I hate when they say he's smart. Oh, God, we've heard that before. Just has a bad connotation there because of how often they use it for our old friend. Yeah. Uh, Says here if Bellows outplays Bailey, do you think that Lambert will play the best player? That's the, that's the, that's the litmus test right there, isn't it? I would say best players play. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your contract is. Best players play. If you want to get the spot back, be better than somebody else on the roster. That's what he should do. I don't care what you're getting paid, Anders Lee. I don't care what you're getting paid, Josh Bailey. I don't care what you're getting paid, Matt Martin. I don't care what you're getting paid, Kyle Palmieri. I don't care what you're getting paid, Oliver Wallstrom or Kiefer Bellows. Yeah. Best players play. Matthew Earn Metz. your spot. Matthew S. says, until Link goes on paper, I'm taking everything he says with a grain of salt with Matt Barzal. Sure. J.K. also says, uh, I'll believe Barzal will be here long-term when he signs a long-term contract. LaFontaine, um, uh, Palfi, Tavares, I've already 
I'm ready to add Matt Barzal's name to the list. And he's already added his name to the list. D-Cut says, Grumpy needs some grape juice. Grumpy, got your grape juice today? Oh, there it is. Uh, John A. said, TJ is more like Adam Pellick with oh. the hairline. Oh, That's okay. a slam, bro. Let me tell you something. That's a huge slam. John A., I will take that like my hairline is fantastic because Adam Pellick has the best hair in the NHL. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Hair club for men. Uh, Scott L. said, Grumpy, go eat a bowl of, of what is that? Gazpacho. With Russia on your brain. Um, and uh, Matthew said, I sent that to you guys. Okay, good. Matthew S., thank you for sending that to me. I, don't, I couldn't remember who sent that. Thank you, Matthew. Um, Pac-Man says, not sure why you're all dying to give Matt Barzal the C. Maybe it makes him step up. Or maybe it makes him step up. Or maybe he wilts. Um, what do Mike Bossy, Turgeon, Pat LaFontaine, and Palfi have in common? They were never the captain. Okay. Uh, here's the thing. Does Matt Barzal strike you as a guy who wilts under the pressure? Not for me, does it? He's a guy who always steps up and elevates. He's a guy who's very emotional, too, with his play and with his actions. And a guy like that, like, and again, I can't say I watch any of Bossy when he was playing because I wasn't alive at that time period. Was Bossy, Turgeon, LaFontaine, and Palfrey, were they really emotional guys on and off the ice? Look at who the captains and the assistants were when Bossy was playing. Gillies. And it didn't work out for Gillies. It was too much for him. Potvin. Trottier was an assistant. I mean, you know, you can't have a whole team of, you know, captains and assistants. Turgeon wasn't here for a long time, right? Patty LaFontaine, he was at the tail end of the dynasty. And, you know, I don't know why he wasn't captain. Palfi, Palfi just looked like he was having fun. Some guys are not, would you say that uh, Ziggy Palfi was a, like, Hey, I'm a go after it. I'm an exciting guy. No, it just, you know, he did what he Some did. Some people have the mentality to do that. Some don't, but you're right. Maybe, maybe he's a guy who doesn't, maybe he's a guy who doesn't step up with the C. I just think, right. A guy who's emotional guys who are emotional and are very talented players. They usually mess mesh well as captains. People can usually feed off the energy and the mentality that he brings, and it could kind of help form the team's shape and the team's identity. That's right. usually I mean, we're no longer we can't go off the identity of we play like fourth line grinders anymore. That shit is not going to work. We have to try to find that new identity. Matt Barzal, I think, could be or is that new identity. If that right. makes sense, I, I believe Sutter was the captain when Lafontaine was there. I mean, sometimes they're just better guys. To me. This team needs Matt Barzal as captain. They need to just pass the torch to him. It's different than it used to be. It really is. You can't have a guy who's, all right, well, I've just been here forever. I'm going to be the captain. No. NHL's different now. Drew L says here, freaking Lou, another great, another another draft pick wasted again. 4D chess people here. Uh, 4D chess here, people. Intended sarcasm. Uh, Ariel C says, I like how Lambert was speaking highly of Wallstrom and all the hard work that he's put in the summer. And that's encouraging. Means like, I know, I know, I know Anders Lee said that too. You say that type of stuff if somebody's a little mentally weak. I'm just letting you know, like, right, a guy who's struggled, it, it that kind of all works together. A guy who struggled, kind of questioned, kind of gripped the stick a little bit harder. He's his own hardest critic, is what I get from that type of stuff from Oliver Wallstrom. He's a guy who needs to be put up. He's a guy. Where Oliver Wallstrom, he could be out there and he could go 25 games 
where he struggles and coach and he needs a coach that's going to say man he's really looking good out there he's doing a lot of the things right in practice i know it's not resulting in this but man i tell you he's done a lot of things right you saw how he took that shift and he back checked and he went ahead and marked patrick kane he needs a coach that's going to say things like that for him when he goes through those ups and downs and it's good to see that lane i think recognizes that but that's the type of player i think Oliver Wasserman is that's a type of that's a type of personality right think about from the little things we gather that's the type of personality I think he's got yeah and did Lane Lambert say anything negative about anyone no and he should no right no <laughs> no way too early of course it just it, everything's going to be uh you know lollipops and gumdrops yep um Jesus said just got finished watching Top Gun Maverick it was good I saw it it, it was, was good. good. It was good. I wanted um, to. End, I, I wanted. I would liked it to end a different way. You say that every damn time, and I've no I know, idea. but I'm not saying how I want it to end. Um, no. Michael spoilers. W says with Lad, Lou got rid of a terrible contract. Needed to get done at whatever cost. I know, but everybody used to herald that trade as "Holy shit, Lou is so fantastic! He did this. He did that. He got rid of Lad for two seconds." I just wonder if that, you know, how well that was received. He needed to get rid of him, right? How well that was received. I wonder if people revisionists look back through and they say, oh, yeah. I mean, he gave up two seconds and a third to get rid of Lad. That's kind of what the price was. You just could have left him on long-term injury for the rest of his contract. That's what you could have done. Instead of having him play one game in the playoffs or one game at the end of the year in a playoff season, That no, just leave him on long-term injury. Just fail his physical every year. He's done it before with Stefan Robidoux. It was a failure by, by Lou Lamarillo. He, again, he shit the bed by making a dumb move. And you had him wherever you wanted. Leave him on long-term injury. You get that salary cap money back. Doesn't matter. You could have had two seconds and a third by leaving him on long-term injury. Chose not to do it. You get what you get. Um, James F said, guys, got discharged yesterday from the hospital, had diverticulitis, feeling better now. I have no idea what that is, but I hope you're feeling good. Yeah. IMP, what's up, my friend? Joseph C saying, had to be a mutual decision. Lad didn't want to play in front of 2,500 fans uh, 41 nights a year. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I know the tickets are really expensive, but wouldn't it be great to be a season ticket holder for For the Arizona Coyotes this year? Yep, you're just pretty much going to watch the other teams and the young guys play in a very, very intimate intimate environment. That would be kind of nice. D-Cut says, Bavillier end up playing right wing with Lee and Brock Nelson towards the tail end of the season. It's just not his natural position. Yep. And they never ask the veteran, the old veterans, to play their off wing. Never do. Okay, they did with Parise. But anyway, let's continue. He plays left wing all the time. Okay, no, no. Parise played some right wing, too. At, at certain games, he did. He again, like he. Okay, they asked. This is a brand new coach. Okay, so we can't say they never done. They it's play, a brand they new fellows on his off wing rather than. Move I know, moves. and they also played Parise on the off wing a bit too, and they also played Parise at center a bit too. I, I okay, you just can't say that. I, I think that they didn't play anybody off. Okay, maybe it was applicable for the past. We have no idea. It's a new fucking coach. We don't know how he's going to do True. things. True. Dika, or I'm sorry, Brian P says here. I don't want to hear Parise with Barzal. I'm going to throw up you and me both. Um, Parise should be on the fourth line. He's a bottom six guy at best. And Jeremy Ford said, I like Paul Mary with Pajot. I think they both play the same or similar style. They both play high energy type of style. I think that would work well together. 
John A. said, let's relax. They put Bailey and Palmieri on the same line with Ratu. Lee Pajot and Wallstrom, he's throwing shit at the walls and seeing what sticks. I, I will say, a lot of those other lines I take no credence in. I will say, Parise with Barzal, just based off of what we were told, holds some sort of weight. Okay. Don't we'll be disappointed come opening night if that's the line. <laughs> if they're so matched up. Simon yeah. Holmstrom is not going to be on the floor. I'm not saying line. Simon Holmstrom. I'm saying Parise it's matched up with Matt Barzal. I agree with John. It's early. I wouldn't put too much weight into anything right now. Okay. Sure. Um, why can't we play Bavillier, Barzal, and Wallstrom together? It'd make too much sense. Brian B said it's going to be the same bullshit again this year with line combinations. Oh, man. Very not. possible. Meatball Parm, what's up with you, fella? How are you? Damn, dude, I haven't eaten dinner tonight, and that looks fucking good. Oh, uh, Brett W. says here, doesn't seem like a new voice to me. Seems like the same old song and dance. Oh, same man. old song and dance. Veritas and Victor says, Josh Bailey cannot be playing second line minutes and power play. We can't suffer Bailey, and we cannot suffer with Bailey in the top six. I can't. Honestly, I can't see him being in the top six. You said Bailey with that line. I think Palmieri would play up. Joseph C says you cannot put a ton of stock in how lines are set up right now. The Rangers have oh, how do you pronounce that? Biles Blaze Blaze on the first line with Kratzoff and uh, on the first two lines in the right wing in preseason. The only reason I'm putting stock in this is because we were told this ahead of time before camp had started. That was the request of Matt Barzal. Again, it was from a very reliable source. And and to see that being thrown out there early would make me think, hmm, maybe that is maybe there is some weight to that to that comment. Maybe there is some weight to that that individual who totals that. I have no I have no sources. I just go with what I see, and I just tell you what I think. Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> uh, Decat, I guess Phil has the same inspires as Spuds. Oh no. Um, Matthew, I said, please, no Parise on the first line, on line number one, third or fourth line, please. Amen to that. D-Cut says, Lewis forcing the young head coach to play his big free agent signings on the first line, as well as his genius first-round picks. Oh, good gracious. Very astute, D-Cut, very astute. Michael W. says, I think Lee, Nelson, and Palmieri could be a decent line. I, I think I that line could work well. Does it does it blow your skirt up? That line? I, I, I've I, never I, fucking heard that saying. Does it blow your skirt up? Yeah, ooh. God, I'll fucking mighty grumpy. You no, know, it's like I don't know. It just maybe it works. It just I don't know. I just it's the same guys year after year after year, and you're expecting different results. Just come on. Dika says talk is cheap, Wally. Let your play do the talk. I Dika. I explained why Wally struggled last year. Come on, my friend. You know it. You know it to be true. Search your feelings. Drew L says, Bellos, Barzal, Wallstrom, and Dobson should be on power play number one. Power play number two could be whatever as long as Brock and Lee are on it. Wallstrom has to be on the first power play. Wallstrom has to be on the first power play. Unit. He's got the best shot on the team. Has to be on the power play. Simple yeah. as that. Barzal, can argue on that. Yep. Has to be on it. Yungun says, my homies, um, do you think as a young boy, average Anders dreamt of being astronaut Anders? No. <laughs> I had no idea. Michael W. says, if Toronto loses again in the first round, should the Islanders go for Dubois? 
Dubas. I'm sorry. Dubas. Um, Dubois. I don't know. Whatever. Dubas. Um, if it's Lemurlo's last year, one stipulation with Dubas is not signing $10 million, $10 million a year players. If you have a player who's that talented like they have, they're worth $10 million. I mean, what Austin, Austin, Austin Matthews is a top five player in the NHL. Yeah. No doubt about it. League MVP and, last year. Yeah, I was about to say top ten, top five player in the NHL. I don't year think in, year he deserved out. it. I don't think he deserved it, but he was. Brett W says exactly. When Bellos plays with Barzal, he looks good. True. Bellos, Barzal, Bavillier, Lee, Nelson, Bailey, uh, Palmieri, Pajot, Wallstrom, Parise, uh, Sezikis, Clarbach. I wouldn't put Bailey on the second line. I'd put Palmieri on the second line. Brian P. said, Parise was scratched in Minnesota and cut. Now we're going to play him on the first line. Line number one is ridiculous. Again. uh, Just total failure by the general manager. Brian B. says, can we stop talking about the 38-year-old fourth liner? That's the problem with this team. It is. That is the problem. That is the exact quintessential problem of the team. We talk about the scare of 38-year-old possibly being on the first line. 38-year-old, I was cut, and I'm a guy who on other teams can't even find consistent ice time playing on the first line. Anyway. And it's not like Zach Parise is a Hall of Fame talent. He's not. Yep. D-Cut says, when you hear that Parise is the best fit with Matt Barzal, it's an indictment of our general manager. Had five off-seasons to find it a winger for Matt Barzal. Absolutely, sure. D-Cut. Absolutely. Sure. Nothing more accurate than that. JG also says they're focused on Barzal and Parise relationship because Barzal reacted to the pass shoot during practice. Seriously? No, J- JG. It was before that, too. I know they're talking. That's what's been popping up, too. This was news that was – This was these, these are items that were popping up before, pre, before season even started, before training camp even started. We talked about it there, and again, from a reliable source. So, <laughs> I you know I don't I, I you know maybe they are just saying that the reliable source maybe that source has been talking a little bit but I I don't know I don't know Grumpy I feel like they really do want Parise with Barzal because Barzal wants to play with Parise I hope I'm wrong I hope I'm wrong I really do. What uh, other options does he have? Bavillier. We already know Anders Lee's not the left wing. It's only Bavillier or Parise. You could still play Bavillier on first line. You play him at the right wing, but I'm saying for left wing, natural left wingers. What Keeper Bellows? How about Keeper Bellows with Bavillier and Barzal? How do about you, that? Tangibly, do you think they say a guy who was captain healthy scratch last year? Now you're going to be first line left wing. Do you think that happens? If I'm just. I'm asking you. I'm asking you to start the season. Do you think that happens? If I'm head coach, and for this exercise I am, if Keeper Bellows shows tremendous chemistry with Matt Barzal as he has in the past. I don't care what he did last year. Everyone gets a clean slate. Just because Johnny Pencil Pusher over there has, you know, he's buddies with the GM doesn't mean I'm going to play him. Just because Anders Lee's been here forever doesn't mean that he's going to play. Just because Josh Bailey is on this team forever and ever and ever doesn't mean he's going to play. Best players play, and the best lines are going to go out there, period. Who scores goals? This team doesn't score goals. We need to score more goals. Put guys who have chemistry out there. It might be Parise. I know Bellows has had that chemistry. He seems like he's a better player when you play him up on the first line. 
get the be- get the best and the most out of each player that you have by putting them in the greatest chance they have to succeed. That's what a good coach does. Mm. Will Lane Lambert pass or fail that test? Barry Trotz failed that test. For as good a coach he was, he failed that test. Will Lane Lambert pass? That's, that's going to have a big impact on our whole year this year. Mm. Um, yes. Uh, Christian O says, miraculously, looking at Raycons for new earbuds after that bizarre ad read a few nights ago. Take that, grumpy old man. Hey, you know what? That's what you like from an ad read. You just don't want... No, you want some interaction, a little back and forth. Hey, it made you think about Raycons. Absolutely. Just make sure Buy the product. Yes. To get the cheaper to get the cheaper item. T H P N fifteen. Um and uh um Shane H says, Well, just got my ticket to MSG. How bad could it be? Ah, it's first night of uh, preseason. Won't be bad at all. Simon Holmstrom. Casper is gonna be a Raycon salesman in three years. Oh, good gracious. Um, Tuesday, October the eleventh is opening night for the NHL. Okay. There it is. Um, and we did add only, we did add one player, but we did subtract two old and tired players. Uh, I'd expect major upgrades in the back end. Plus, a healthy Varlamov should take a little pressure off of the forwards. Um, Alex H says, I'll be at the Jets game tomorrow. Wish me luck. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Who are the Jets playing tomorrow? I couldn't even tell you. It's a t- they oh, got- Cincinnati, playing Cincinnati tomorrow. 0-2 Cincinnati, 1-1 Jets. Cincinnati's going to get off the snide tomorrow. It's pretty much a must-win game for Cincinnati, wouldn't you say? They can't like you can't start off the season 0-3, right? It's only a 17-game regular season. Really tough to make the playoffs in postseason starting off 0-3. True. Um who's ready to get whooped well, by the Rangers on Monday, says Shooter Spock Hockey. Oh. <laughs> Goon says, Grumpy, how is the house painting coming along? Um, if it's not too late, I dare you to paint the room um, that you watch Islanders games in blue or orange, blue, and white. The painting well, has been completed. Now it's just getting the house all back in order. Uh, I am like, I want to say 85% done with that. And I'm going to be happy. I've had a lot of work done in this house in the last six months. And I'm not painting the room orange, blue, and white. You're, you guys, wa- yeah, say, you're looking at the room where the grumpy watches his, his hockey right. games. The in. warden, the warden lives here. She's part of the. She's part of the. Uh, you know the equation. It's, that's right. She's like the general manager. Oh, good and point. I'm like the coach. I could be fired at any time. Oh man, oh man. Um, when I look at this grumpy, grumpy changed from a white wall to a what is that like a, a light gray it's or something like that shiitake and it's funny the only reason i picked that uh because of the name yeah i thought it was yeah i'm like oh shit take i'm gonna pick this and the warden liked that color and i remember when the guy was putting it up she said i'm i hate this color because <laughs> it, it, she didn't like it but now she's grown on it and the color that i wanted for the kitchen um i hate it and i picked it so we're stuck. But everybody else likes it. I don't like it. Okay. You want to know the weird thing is people look, that's like, that's, that, I can, don't even give a shit what the color of walls are. This could be freaking blue or orange or purple. It wouldn't bother me. Why does it matter what why the don't color you paint, of the wall is? Why don't you paint the wall blue, orange, and purple 
and see what Paige says to see, you. That's difference. That's the difference. It doesn't bother me. I'm just saying Paige could be like, hey, I want to paint this room orange or yellow. Be like, okay, cool. Sounds all right. I just don't understand. Like grumpy. I don't understand why you're not happy with the way the walls look. Who gives I don't a shit? like the paint that I picked. I don't like the color. I thought it was going to be more gray, but everyone seems to like it. I I, I hate your color. I hate the color of the wall, Grumpy. I haven't even seen it yet, but I hate it. It's because you're a dope. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Anyway, getting back to it. Aaron G says, let's go, Lions. That's right. The Lions, Grumpy Dan Campbell. Um, one, right? One and one. Frank K says, Chip and Chase sucks. Zzz. Yawn boring. Guaranteed last place if that's played. I don't think we have the personnel to do it. Uh, Scott, JK says, is it me or does TJ look like Scott Mayfield from afar? Oof. Yeah, really, really far away. <laughs> I had a much bigger head than him. Uh, Scott L said, let Invisibility get to 999 games and then sit him for the rest of the year so he doesn't get his bonus. And I'm sure uh, that I'm sure he gets from 1,000 games. I just bench him because he sucks. He never even should his thing. If I was the coach or the GM, he never would have. I would have moved him long ago. I said three years ago, after he had that really good playoff run, now's the time to move Josh Bailey. Remember that, TJ? I, I did. Said, his value is never going to be more than is right now. He's still young enough where somebody can take him. You get something of value. We chose not to. Now you're stuck with this piece of shit, and you can't move his contract no matter how hard you try. Michael W. said, I think Islanders ownership has higher expectations than Islander fans this year. Do we or do or die season for new stadium for the new arena? What's the, what's the one thing that puts butts in the seats? Two things. Goals and wins. You're winning or you're exciting. Yep. That's it. Those are the only two things. If you're losing and you're dull and boring, no one's going to go. D, or Drew L says here, Barry sucked the life and the fire out of Matt, or Oliver Wallstrom. Now Wallstrom just wants to now Wallstrom, Wallstrom just wants to coast and not go to war for others. Shaking my head. No, do not read <laughs> that is not at all that's written and not at all the mantra he's got. No. He's taking the mentality of he is his own hardest critic. He needs to go ahead and allow himself. He's gonna make mistakes, but not to get too not to let shit compound on it. It's like when you get somebody who's like like with it, like uh, when you get somebody who's like has those type of like thoughts where it's like, hey, it's just like things get to compound and compound. They've got to be able to say, hey, things will happen. How do I go forward? How do I have a quick memory? How do I make sure that, hey, I have no expectations. I need to play hard. Things will happen right if I play my style and I play hard. That's that's what I took from that 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 comment. Agreed. Uh, Matthew S says Turjan was great. My favorite Islander ever. He was good. Also saying fire TJ, hire D cut. A very consistent message from the D-Cut camp. He says, he's always on time. That's right. Probably D-Cut will probably be always on time. Want you to sigh, says here, Tershawn never reached the heights he did in the 92-93 season with the Islanders after that Dale Hunter cheap shot. True. Brian P. says here, it's hard doing a podcast about the Islanders when your general manager, Lou, Lou is Lou nothing, ever changes the same old, or I'm sorry, when your general manager is Lou, nothing ever changes. The same old boring roster. We have to discuss Parise as a first liner. I'm Brian P. I am telling you, this you, you, you should tough. be concerned that Zach Parise might accidentally play or might play a little bit on the first line. You should be concerned. 
That's all I'm saying. Don't laugh it off because when opening night rolls around on October 13th, I think it's our first game. You're going to be like, holy shit. He actually is on the line with Matt Barzal. Um, JK said, given this, these guys should get podcast of the year with a little pa. There it is. Um, how do you guys talk about nothing? How do you guys talk when nothing is happening? Thanks, JK. We appreciate it. Man, that, just always the thoughts we have about the it's, it's tough when you have, no, you know, nothing to talk about. So you talk about the failures of the GM failures of the previous coach the failures of the old players oh. the failures of the ownership the failures. frank says hello my brothers hi tj and grumpomania running wild uh max p says what's up fellas turgeon versus kane is tough sneaky pete had 59 goals in 93 while being flanked uh while being flanked by two 40 goal scorers steven That's thomas and Derek king Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, that was that was a really good line. Really good line. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and uh, Christian O said, "I didn't really pay attention to Aho and Salo last year. What's the comparison?" Uh, man, it's kind of like it's kind of like the comparison between Raycon earbuds and some type of Fugazi earbuds. It's kind of like what is it? Who's Raycon and who's the Fugazi grumpy in this in this scenario? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to throw that comparison in for Christian. <laughs> I, Sallow, I, is, Sallow is probably higher ceiling. Right. And better all around than Aho. Aho's not great defensively. He's awful defensively. He's a liability. He's 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 like Hickey used to be. Yeah. Yikes. He's smaller, so he can get boxed out and you know, his physical lack of physicality is an issue. But Sallow can do that. Is he there yet? We don't know. Yes, I was about to say. And he did speak badly about Bridgeport. And he didn't That's like being no, in Bridgeport. No. That's a so no-no. He'll get a little slap on the wrist to start the season. He can come out there in the first preseason games, the first through preseason, he can come out there with over five five points a game average playing shutdown defense. They're going to say, you have some things to learn down there in Bridgeport, Devon Taves. You well, have some things to learn down there in Bridgeport, i.e. <laughs> and... Sebastian Ajo was so drunk from one day to the next that he didn't pass a breathalyzer on day two. Yeah, that's bad. That's drunk. Yeah. Um, Frank said, did freaking Lou give three picks up to get rid of Andrew Ladd? What else does that to take him to get fired? Uh, I was in shock. Two picks for Ladd. Really, Lou? Um, that'd be what? Hold on. I don't know. Really, Is I guess. that the best deal you could get? Okay, yeah, that's what it is best. Um, but to, yeah, I mean, like two seconds and a third. It's not a bad. Here's the thing: it's not. It's bad. a bad deal. It's, it's a horrible deal. Just should just leave him on long term injury. Never freaking activate him. They the mistake was activating him. That was the, for one playoff game. They activated him. That was your mistake. Hmm. Here's the thing: Arizona knew that if he got long term injury this year. He would, he would not exactly. If he got long term injury this year, they would get a third round pick. And it's miraculous that, oh, yeah, he didn't pass his physical. Yeah. And what were we having him do? What were we having him do to check his physical, huh? It's like, like what La Lamarillo did with Robida. Did the same thing when he was at Toronto. Maybe he just forgot how to do it because he's senile now. That's a possibility. Mm. Max B says Benoit Hogue, most underrated pickup. He was right, part of that Turgeon trade. Yep, no doubt he was the man. John Smith says, "What's the point of pairing Parise with Barzal? Um, he's not going to be he's not going to be here next year. 
You're just going to be, you know, in that same boat trying to find him a winger. I just don't get the thought process there. The thought process, John, from what we understand is Matt Barzal likes playing with Zach Parise. You know, you know, we really would have liked playing with Johnny Gaudreau. Would have really liked him at the left wings. I would, I would say probably no, but he, hey man, we just, we just want to drive the price up. He wasn't a good fit here. And he Johnny Gaudreau wasn't a fit per the Lou Lamarillo. We drove the price up so much that he take two and a, he took two and a half million dollars less than he was offered in Calgary. <laughs> that's cool. That's really driving the price up. We did a hell of a job, Grumpy. Oh man, oh man. Oh, oh crap. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and this is if that's the case, but it just, it just, it's just as Decut said, it's a perfect indictment of we have no players adequate enough to play first line left wing. If, if the best scenario for Matt Barzal, he says. Okay, I want to play with with Zach Parise in some capacity. Yikes. Yikes. Um, JG says, Grump, didn't Gillies hand over the C to Potvin? Yep. He, um, he didn't he didn't want to do it. Uh Frank Hay says, Holmstrom is slow as shit. A snail is faster. Oh man. He's nondescript. Is the best the best description for him is nondescript. Nothing he does stands out except get his ass run over. He's like the guy where like you ever see like those NHL hits videos they used to have or Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em Hockey uh-huh. where, you know, some guy's getting trucked by a Scott Stevens or somebody. You know who the guy who's getting trucked is? Simon freaking Holmstrom. That's the guy getting, look at him get blasted up against the glass. Is Simon Holmstrom Paul Korea skating across the middle of the ice running across Scott Stevens? Okay. Don't even put him and Paul Curry in the same statement. I was just saying for him getting upended and getting concussed. That was that very famous hit where Paul Curry was skating across, got caught across the trolley tracks, and Scott Stevens just laid him out. That was that was Lindros that he killed. It was Lindros. He also did, I thought, the Paul Curry. I don't think so. It was it was Lindros was the big one. He just laid Lindros out. It was great. <laughs> Grumpy, Lindros, you're a big no, Flyers I'm, fan. I'm not a Flyers fan. Everyone knows I hate the Flyers. But you know what? Eric Lindros was a really good player back in the day. I can say that now. He was really good. Before the, the all the concussions, he was, man, that line, I think they called the Legion of, what the heck did they call that line? The Legion of Boom? I don't know. That the was Legion like, of Doom, Grumpy. I, I want to say it was the Legion of Doom, but, you know, that was like the, the Road Warriors also. So, Oh, there it is. Look at that. That was number two. This was the one right here, Grumpy, where it was like, do you not? This was like the freaking hit. Holy shit. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I apologize for that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Oh, God almighty. Let's get it live here. We'll make this large. I remember this hit. I'm shocked you do not remember this hit. This is when I think of Scott Stevens. This is one of the hits I think of. Scott Gomez. Oh, boom! I mean, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looks like he's dead. He was concussed. He was knocked unconscious, Grumpy. He's twitching. <laughs> Why don't you? That's a, I mean, okay. Scott, that, I, I, how many game suspension do you think that would get in today's NHL? He would have been. Season? He would have been suspended. I couldn't tell you how many times. Pull up the. Uh, uh, <laughs> God almighty. The uh, Lindros hit with uh, Stevens. Oh, is that going to make you smile? Yes, it will. <laughs> oh, God. There you go. Look at that. Just E. Ba- <laughs> there he is. Full incident. The best. Kelly off from the 
old time hockey. Here it comes. Boom! That was well after the whistle, too. He hit he made contact right on the head. That's fair. That was a good hit. No, Grumpy. That was definitely against was very the rules. clean. That was very Scott clean. Stevens was a dirty bastard. No, he wasn't. Hard nosed players. <laughs> okay, when you could Scott Stevens was a dirty bastard. I mean, like, here's Not the dirty. thing at that time period, it wasn't dirty. In today's hockey, he'd be damn thrown out of the league. He's not playing today, he's playing back then. I know, I know. I'm just saying, he was never a dirty player, he was hard nosed. Don't, don't come into my zone. Don't skate across the freaking goddamn blue line unless you want to get eviscerated. Hey, don't even come close to the blue line. It's sometime. not like he chased him down, he skated right at, at him. Bam. He was just staring, right? Scott's defense. He was just staring down there, stick handling, looking at the, the license plate of that truck. Yeah. Four. Bye bye, Lindros. See you later. Max P says, Who is the most hated player of all time, Ranger or otherwise? Ooh, go ahead, TJ. I'll let you. I'm interested in millennials' view on this. <laughs> Shit. Here's the thing I never liked. It's not as bad now because they're not as good. I could not fucking stand Crosby. And that just whingy crying bitch just flopping every time. Oh, a stick. Even like even when they used to play the damn Detroit Red Wings in those cup finals, where a stick would go near, oh, and he'd throw his arms up over there like he'd been murdered. That type of shit drove me nuts just because I'm like, it's everything. It's just like the salesmanship and the freaking pathetic, just like trying to sell every call is ridiculous. I never liked Crosby. Bobby Clark. Bobby Clark. That chicken shit bitch who used to play for the Flyers. That chicken shit bitch. Oh, man. Um, Frank wants to know, is that prune juice grumpy in your grape drink? No. No, it's just Hawaiian punch, I think, or something. No, it's um, crush grape. Ah, mix it up then. You used to do Hawaiian punch for years and years, didn't you, Grump? Yeah, but they changed the they changed a good product and messed it up, so I went somewhere else. Max P said, it's tough, but I'm thinking either Sean Avery or Tom Wilson. Dale Hunter's up there, though. Dale Hunter was a punk. Why couldn't Lad just retire? WTF? Wants to get that check? He wants to stick it to the. He wants to get the check and stick it to the Islanders one more time. I understand. He wants to get paid. Oh, Grumpy, who is? What is this, Grumpy? I'll let you read that comment. Said shoutouts to Isles Misery, rated R. Too bad TJ, that useless dog, that useless balding dog, never supports the group as much as we support the podcast. Oh, true. Man, Grumpy, those are some those are some choice words from Decot there. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> God, I said, nice, Grumpy. Sing that Aerosmith classic, same old song and dance. It, what's it? Same old song and dance by Steven Tyler and Aerosmith. True. Um, Frank, or I'm sorry, Max P says, yeah, Frank definitely was absolutely hated that Ty Dome. Oh yeah, Ty Dome was another one. Oof. I freaking he was up front. He was up front. I mean, you knew what you were getting with Ty Dome. Bobby Clark was a sneaky piece of shit. Dan L. Dan L. The baby's ready to go for this next season. He is ready in position, hand on head, just going, oh. Dan L says to be respectable offensive, to be to be a respectable offensive team, um, we need to score at least 250 goals as a team. Start ballparking goals per players. Uh, it doesn't look good. <laughs> We've had a guest on this show this offseason who said that he thought that the Islanders could potentially have 720 goal scores. Now, we have the potential to have seven different guys who could score 20 goals. 
yes, yeah, 720 goal scores. And I'm like, well, he scored 20 goals. Well, yeah, okay, once in a 12-year career, once in a, you know. A so potentially he could score. I just wouldn't yeah, put a high limit on it. Potentially. But he wasn't wrong. He's not wrong with that statement, Grump. What are the chances as the, most of the players story. are older? That's a different story. Um, yeah. Nick D says, TJ, Grump, how you guys doing tonight? What's up, Nick? How are you? I think these lines are just temporary. Yes. Where you say we'll retire by the all-star break if he keeps playing on the first line. You know what? I really hope they are. I just have that feeling. I'm just going to be sitting here come opening night based off of the information we were told. Just gone. Told you. I told you that was a little, there was some credence to take with that. And uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, oh, yeah. We're just too old. Yeah, we are, Nick D. For certain we are. Um, and uh, John Smith said Milano was paired with Kadri and scored in their first scrimmage. Too bad we couldn't have even tried him out with Matt Barzal for free. Sonny yep. Milano. Yep. Skate. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, yikes. And uh, Decon said, I thought we voted TJ off a read in the comments a few weeks ago. Yeah, we lost the, we lost the, 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 it was new. We lost a few of the votes. So it wound up going back in TJ's favor. JK said, I loved the term warden. I love the term warden. Grumpy, as a guy married 12 years now, it's good marital advice to address Mrs. Pessimist sticking as the warden. Or is it good? I'm sorry. Is it good marital advice to address Mrs. Pessimist sticking as a warden? I'm going to help you out here, Jake. It depends on what your relationship is with Mrs. Pessimist sticking. If you're like the funny guy who is always joking around, you can get away with it. If you're like serious Sal, absolutely do not do it. It all depends on what your relationship is like. You know, if you're just always a goof, like I am a clown, pretty much, um, I can get away with stuff like that. But if you're not, not a smart thing. I've called to the minister of finance before. When I retired, she put the clamps on me, spend any money. So it's like now she's the minister of finance. Max B said, TJ, you're not losing hair. You're just getting your head's growing. Yeah, that's it, Grumpy. My head's just growing a little bit. My hair yeah, is What he actually said was, TJ, you're not losing hair. You're getting head. <laughs> now, see, that sounds a little bit uh, inappropriate, but hey, whatever. I was just about to say, I didn't know if he intended it like that. Maybe he did. Oh, D-Cut says, millennials are so sensitive. My first boss was crazy and used to rip signs off of people's doors when he was mad. I never sulked and cried over it. Toughen up, Wally. Woo. Yeah. People are soft nowadays. You're Kids dealing with soft. you're dealing with athletes who are mostly prima donnas. Think about this: for the, all of their life, these individuals have been. This is you're wondering how athletes could get into a mindset to where they're not mentally tough. Some people are just soft people by nature. Just is what it is. You run across them across all sports, and some guy you just had to speak to differently. That's fine. That's just how some people were. You're not going to reinvent Rome in a day. And a lot of these athletes, these young men or young, even children, were told always how great they are and how fantastic they are. You know what I mean? It's the first time that they're not top dog. Some people just have to be treated a little differently and spoken to a little differently to get the maximum result out of them. It's that simple. You cannot, just like with Barry, you can't start shamming all these freaking round damn around these circles in square pegs. Square peg into a round hole. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. Um, Sallow is better than Aho. I agree, Frank. Where's Rob? That's right. Rob used to talk very Rob! encouragingly. 
That's oh no, maybe oh yeah, no, Rob with the exclamation point. There was also that other Rob who spoke usually very despairingly to us, Grumpy, last season. I'm looking forward to seeing him around again when the Islanders are around this season. Owen J says, open up the lines, guys. No, my friend, too late in the show, too late in the show. Um, D-Cut says, uh, teacher must have a diaper on and I almost two hours and no bathroom break. Oh, the Legion of Doom is what it was called That's, there, Brian yeah. P says. Um, Frank says, What the hell did Lou and this team see in Holmstrom in the draft? They could have had many good players instead. God help this team. Absolutely. Um, Danielle said, Yeah, Stevens lit up both Lindros and Korea. And I think that Korea hit was in the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, my God. Oof. Yeah. Um, it, it's worse when a little guy gets lit up by a bigger guy. I mean, Lindros is a big guy and he got flambéed as well. But still, uh, you know, just watching Korea just go, book, 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 book. It's kind of fun. Fucking stop. It's not fun to watch. It's kind of scary. Anyway, Grumpy, I'll let you read this one here. The Legion of Doom was Lindros, Leclerc, and Renberg. They were really good for a few years. Really good. Um, really and then Frank says Lindros was great, Grumpy. Man, I saw him. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, he gets kind of. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. I don't even think he's in the Hall of Fame. But I mean, he put up a lot of points. It's the whole thing where he didn't want to play for Quebec and they traded the rights to the Rangers and to the Flyers. And, you know, I think it's more controversy and he never won a cup. So I think that hurts him. I don't think he played on a team who won a cup. Think about this. You look at his stats. I mean, like, my God, look at these freaking stats. He had a shit ton of penalty minutes, too. But, I mean, like, he was a guy who was well over a point a game in the regular season, over the point a game in the postseason as well. He was good. Really good. People forget how good he was. They really forget how good he was. He's in the I Hall mean, of Fame. Is he, on the, is he in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, and he's got that really fantastic brother, Brett, who was, who was something oh. else, too. I remember when Dan Maloney was a gym. We think we got the better Lindros. Ugh. <laughs> Do you really say that out loud? Oh, man. And I like Danielle said, and then Korea came back and scored in that game. Yeah, concussion protocol I don't think existed back in the day. Otherwise, you would have been. <laughs> yeah, no, screw that. Get out there. Um, yeah. And uh, Korea returned to the game. Yep, the one up scoring. The most famous call from Gail or, or Gary Thorne. Gary Thorne um, after he scored. Thorne said, off the floor. Dale Hunter. Nick D says, Dale Hunter's the one he hates. That Scott Stevens hit was clean. That's absurd to think he was dirty. His hits were clean. Yeah, I mean, he he's not afraid to hit you, but that doesn't mean it's dirty. Guy, keep your head up. As Don Cherry said, you know, don't get caught skating across trolley tracks. That's what happens. When you just start floating around there, bam, man, you're going to get lit up. I'll let you read a few of these grumpy here. This is from your time watching. Oh, there's my baby. There he is. And when Renberg left, Ricky came in, and he was damn good too. Yeah, they were they were really good. Flyers were good. My generation, Dale at Punk Hunter. Mm -hmm. Matt S says it has to be Hunter. Honorable mention to Darcy Tucker. Okay. Jake says Darcy Tucker. Ty Domi is doubly bad because of the 2002 playoffs, and he was a blue skirt. Being yeah. the Rangers. Scott L says Domi had a melon head. No matter how many times he was punched in the head, he wouldn't dent. I wouldn't say it's a melon head then. That would be, I don't know. I don't know. What's something else? It's a hard, like a bowling ball head, maybe. Couldn't break it. Tyler C says, what prospects do you think will do well in camp? And who do you think could be the top replacement for the current rostered players? 
I think myself, the only one who potentially has, as of right now, the ability to take a spot from someone in a top six role, you can get bottom sixers anywhere, is Atu Ratu. I don't mm. think unless Willem Defoe, uh, Willem Defoe, unless William Defoe uh, improves his skating dramatically and becomes less of a glider, I don't see how he becomes an NHL player. Simon Holmstrom just blows. Max P says, Jake, my wife is the war department. Oh. <laughs> Frank K says, D-Cut needs to be on the show. Um and we invited him there in the past. Uh, Scott L says, and I know he's he had the uh, the um, he's still recovering. Um, Scott L said the Lafontaine trade was Lafontaine and Randy Wood to Buffalo, and the Islanders got Turgeon, Krupp, um, Hogue, all made by Bowtie Bill. I don't know. Was were the comments just going too smooth that you just jumped right in and took them over? Well, you're grumpy. You got the last few. Grumpy effing TV off, dude. Fucking Not TV like, off, dude. Jake says, Lindros had an amazing combination of being very physical and very talented, one of a kind. Absolutely. Unfortunately, the brain was rattling around too much upstairs, took a little hit, bop, bop, concussion. I wonder how many he had. Do you think he had three or four thousands like Brett Favre has had? Dude, Brett Favre, they say it came out in the deposition that Brett Favre knew those funds and he was pushing the people who had those funds. This is their defense. He was pushing, knew those funds, and he was pushing them to go ahead and, and to utilize those funds for the volleyball stadium, even though they had told him multiple times it's questionable. We're unsure if it could be used in that because it's not technically a needy area. You know what that's called? Give him the big fish. It gets us off the hook. That's what it's called. Next comment. It's sort of the next comments here, Grumpy. Get on your Jake T's. Says, get on your freaking P's and Q's, Grump. Huh? Jake, he of Mrs. Pessimist Sticking, says, Brett, the better Lindros. That's right, Don Maloney. Once again, Jake says, Benoit Hogue was my second favorite Islander of that era. He was really good for us. D-Cut and D-Cut, I don't know if you noticed. I started reading the comments, and TJ just kind of like, couldn't handle it. Had just kick me off, just jump for, right in. I'll do this one for D-Cut. D-Cut says, I finished the game with a fractured hip. That's toughness. Give Wally a pacifier. All right, Grumpy, you can go back to reading comments again. Max Power says, yeah, Holmstrom was a head scratcher at best. You know, that's the case when guys are covering the draft, have to scramble to check their notes after the pick is announced, and they have no film of them either. LOL. Yeah. Tyler C says, could Odalius be a future replacement for Ajo as seventh D-man? Okay. If He's you draft wrong. a guy in the second round, he should be much better than a seventh D man. You can get them anywhere. He's a guy who you want to be, hey, maybe top four. Maybe a top four guy is a second round pick. Even if he is a solid bottom pairing guy, Pelican Pulak going to be here for a while. Dobson and Romanov are going to be here for a while. You need a bottom pairing, guys. Want you to sigh, says more than the more than one enforcer who fought Domi has had said punching his head was like punching a bowling ball. There you go. So yeah, I went with the bowling ball reference. Very accurate. Absolutely, man. Grumpy, we're here at the end of today's show. What do you want to say before we wrap things up? I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't. From TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Thanks, Eddie, for tuning into the show. We'll be with you guys live this Wednesday. Um, and uh, we'll have special guests on the show. But be ready. Thank you so much here. Again, grumpy old man. And we'll see you guys this Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. And thank you again for your time, grumpy. My pleasure.